This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 412 for Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week, Lou Page is back. You can find him at Busy Zombie Lord on all the social media that matters and co-hosting Zombies Ate My Podcast with friend of the show, Ryan Murphy. Hello, Lou. Hi. I am having one of those weeks where adulting Uh is getting in the way of fun things that I want to do. Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I've been wanting to get back into the gym, and I have been, and this is like week two going back. I'm not going a lot. It's like twice, maybe three times a week. Well, probably more like twice. I'm still working out in between, but the gym workouts, uh, because while I'm comfortable enough with the COVID restrictions to go to the gym, I'm still not really crazy about taking public transit at the moment, especially Mm -hmm. where it's still nice outside. It's still summertime. It's not monsoon season or you know it's not hurricane season here in the maritimes in the fall it's not cold so i'm okay with the half an hour to walk to the gym but you add that to and from that's an hour then you add another 90 minute workout plus a shower when you get home and all of a sudden i'm losing these three hour chunks of my days yep (laughs) and i'm reminded of when i was training as a young man in university and i was i was doing three hour in the gym, not at once, but between the morning workout and the evening workout, I was in the gym three hours a day while doing a bachelor's degree. And I don't know how I did it and still had friends. Like I just, Uh (laughs) I just don't know. Trust me. I'm not back to the gym or anything like that. I'm not doing the workout, but I got a one-year-old at home (laughs) and, 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 and trust me, you don't realize how much time, like, like I don't get anything done anymore ever. I, I've heard that. And it was good when she was little. When it was little, it was easy. You could put her in a high chair, leave her alone, and I could go do I could do dishes for an hour and then just keep turning around making faces at her and going, eh, and she'd be fine. Now she's on the verge of walking. She's on the verge of talking. And she crawls like a like a like a bat out of hell. So it's like if I and if you leave her in a high chair now too long, she gets mad. <laughs> so so it, it, it's more like it's like it's bounced from between the dishes. Oh, I gotta stop dishes. She's on the run. All right, where is she going? Okay, she's over here. All right, go over. There. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm gonna lose weight just doing this. <laughs> Holy crap! And the biggest joke between Erica and I is, is you know, I, I won't lie, I'm always been stronger than than my wife, but she and she's not been upper arm muscularly strong, and she's lifting the kid all the time, and I'm lifting the kid all the time. And she's like, you know. She feels like she's getting lighter, but she's getting bigger. And I said, honey, that's just you building muscle. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, it's weird. I'm picking her up and I'm like, oh, this isn't that bad. She goes, and I remember when she was just 10 pounds that I was going, oh, man, I got to carry this 10 pound thing. She's like, she got to be 30 pounds. I'm like, yeah, she's 30 pounds. I wonder if any of that, and this is me not being a parent, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I wonder if any of that has to do with the fact that as they're getting older they also hold themselves up a little bit more they can hang on to you a little bit more rather than just being like a dead weight oh no oh no it it, it, it that, that's got nothing to do with it no because okay. it's easier when they're smaller because they don't move around a lot they don't squirm. When you hold yeah. them in they're bigger all they do is squiggle yeah. and so it's, so it, it's like constantly having to shift the muscle mass to hold them in a different direction oh no she doesn't want to sit there she wants to lean out and try and grab the cat off the pedestal okay let's <laughs> lean back the the constant counterbalance. Who needs kettlebells? Yeah. Just have a kid. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, in the exact opposite uh, direction of, of working out and staying fit, I've also been trying to spend a little bit more time uh, playing on my Xbox. Uh, for no other reason other than pure guilt, I just realized I hadn't mm-hmm. been using it much. And what I have been using it for has been watching YouTube and, and Netflix and stuff, which I think is, a, is while convenient, <laughs> it's a waste of time. Um, yep. 
really honestly, I mean, I can do all this on my TV as well, but because the Xbox and the TV are connected, I can just use the Xbox controller to then wake up the whole system. So it's a little bit easier to have access to all that kind of stuff. And if I decide to play a game instead of one of those things, then I just, I've already got the Xbox on. Uh, yep. However, I'm struggling to enjoy my experience. And I got to say that I'm starting to feel as good as the value is in the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, there are very few games that I've had a good experience with from a visual standpoint. So not, and I'm not talking about gameplay. I'm talking about like graphics and stuff. I mentioned uh, last week on the show that Injustice 2 had some choppy cutscenes. Uh, I have been having frame rate stutter issues on different games like Journey to the Savage Planet and the newly released Omno, O-M-N-O. Uh, I wish I could have a better review of it because it's a brand new game and very seldom do I get to review something that's that's brand new. Uh, but it ha it's really choppy. When you go to turn the camera, it's a platformer game. And when you go to turn the camera, it like you can see it chopping as it goes back and forth. Right. And... I don't know whether it's my TV because my TV is not perfect. It's a good TV for my budget. It's a TCL six series. So it's a 4k TV. The, the, you said that this, you said it's happening with this Omno game and it's new. It uh, well, so it's happening with the Omno game. Now, so the Omno game specifically, I did look up cause I was just like, what is going on? Cause this Omno game does not challenge the Xbox series X. Like it is a low poly, very stylized, very little texture. Like it looks kind of like I'm trying to think about what it might look like. I mean, it makes Minecraft look complicated. Like it's, it's really a very simple looking game. And uh, when I did look it up, I, I had a lot of people saying the same thing on like Reddit and stuff. And it sounds like it needs a tech patch. So yep. a lot of people said that basically mm, I'm, I'm, it's a good game. It, it seems really cool. It seems really chill. Uh, it doesn't look like there's a lot of enemies. It looks more like it's obstacle puzzle based. Uh, and I did have fun the level that I played through. Uh, again, it's that battle between it's a fun little game to play. Why am I wasting my time playing this on an Xbox Series X when it's obviously something I could play on my phone? Like it just it seems like it, it could be I should be using my Xbox time for something a little bit more robust. Uh, but yep. because the Xbox was having trouble with this game, I thought, well, man, is it my box? Like what's going on? It, 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 it's tech issue. Yeah. Um, uh, I picked up a while back. I picked up a game called Control. And mm -hmm. it's been on PS4 and everything. And everybody said, warning, when you try to play this on PC, it's going to be really, really a, a power. It's going to it's gonna eat up RAM. It's going to be bad. And I was like, well, I have a gaming laptop and I have a desktop downstairs. I'm going to try this. Nope. I basically bought it for like 20 bucks and it basically was unplayable on anything I own. And they finally have put out enough updates for it that make it more streamlined that I can actually play it now. Um, but I was like, all right, I'll just have to wait a couple of months. And that's what I had to do. Unfortunately, that's that's a common problem now. Yeah. What was the what was the release date for Control? Uh, 2019? I think uh, for... Right? For a console, it was. For PC, it was this. It was in the last year. Okay, so I have that on my play later list, which is a feature of Xbox I really like. Uh, I I have access to, of course, all of the games on Xbox Game Pass, uh, and because I have Ultimate, I have access on both PC and uh, Xbox. But uh, provided the game is on both, but there's just so many you can't install all the ones you want to play at yep. one time on the Xbox. Some games like Omno are like three gigs. So like it's super easy to install. Uh, other games like Destiny are like a hundred gigs. So depending on how much space you have, uh, and I think I have a terabyte. So like I can only have about 10 games the size of Destiny. And I think I have yep. about 12 games in total right now installed and I'm about 50% capacity. But I, I uninstalled a couple of other things that I knew I just wasn't going to return to. Um, yep. But Control is something I have access to and something that I um, I have bookmarked as uh, on a play later list, which is very cool. So as I'm going through the catalog, if I see things like uh, something from EA about Star Wars, uh, I rec uh, you recommended one of the Star Wars games. I bookmarked that. Uh, I bookmarked Control. Uh, I had a Dungeons and Dragons one that's that's a new release that's, that I've also bookmarked. So I need to try and find some up-to-date games to see if it's just the fact that these ports 
from older games like the Savage Planet or um, Outer Worlds. Although Outer Worlds looks okay. I'm still getting some of the strobing, but I think I'm starting to get a little bit better at picking out like when it's my TV that's messing around and, and when it's not. Um, I'm also... I'm also coming to this setup from a very old, you know, not even a 2K TV, I don't think, or it might have been 2K. Uh, and before that, it was a 1080p. And so yeah. I'm just not used to, like, what 60 frames a second is supposed to look like. And again, my TV, as far as I can remember, does not do 40K at 60F. No, it doesn't do 40K at 120. It does 40K at 60 and and then if you do if you want 120k you have to drop the resolution down to 1440 which is fine depending on what game you're playing on omno it wouldn't matter because you can still see the polygonal edges on things um but on other games where i'd like things to look better uh it's fine now for example forza horizon 4 looks great plays yep. great there's no choppy cutscenes. the the fancy intro sequence is seamless seamless and so i don't know whether that's just a really good port, you know, whether I haven't had the Xbox Series X long enough for new games to come out specifically aimed at utilizing the hardware. Um, so I'm not really sure. Now, Xbox is going to have a Gamescom uh, live stream on the 24th of August. I think it's 1 p.m. Eastern time. So I'm planning on checking that out. I might even try to watch it live on stream or something um, because I am curious to know going forward, if I really want to get something out of the Xbox Series X, like if I have to just bite the bullet and say like, well, I need to drop between 80 and $100 on a brand new game, you know, and just kind of say, okay, this was actually made for and released for the new hardware. Whereas I yeah. don't really find that I'm having the best experience with some of these older ports. And a lot of what I'm playing, a lot of what I'm testing out, I'm trying to kind of divide my, my gaming into like chill games where I don't necessarily have to have a Razer's reflexes to survive uh and yeah. in other games like destiny where like you have to kind of be a little bit more with it same with forza i find forza you can be chill and drive around but if you're going to race you kind of have to focus on what you're doing um with this other one that i uh oh, i can't remember what the name of it was called is octo oh gosh i'm blanking on the name anyway i i see these games and they sound and look cool and they look chill but then it's just a lot of reading and pixel art graphics and i'm just like why Am I sitting yep. here playing this pixel art graphic thing? And so many new games that are coming to Xbox are just like these retro pixel art things. It's like, I can appreciate the art style and I can appreciate the work that goes into it. But why do I want to use this machine? It's essentially a supercomputer underneath my TV. Like, why am I using this to play pixel art games? And so I, I'm just looking for something. And I want to say like... The, the first thing that comes to mind is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I know is not new. It came out last year, but I hey, wonder... Hey, they're still putting out content for it, so I mean... Yeah, I wonder if getting that, like spending the money and just picking that up would be something that I could I could do. Um, but if anybody out there listening, uh, and I know um, that the Citadel Cafe is getting some more listeners lately, if you're new to the show and uh, you are a gamer specifically if you have an xbox series x and you know of some games that are either on xbox uh game pass because i would have access to all of those uh that you could recommend write in the citadel cafe at gmail.com let me know because i'm looking for I i'm open to basically any kind of game what i want is something that looks really good just something that makes me feel like i invested control. well you know what's that play control play control yeah okay it is gonna push your uh, xbox to its limit okay I've heard good things. Uh, I think it was, I think it was an older episode of DLC, Jeff Kanata's podcast that yep. uh, he was glowing about it. He, the, the two, I think the two hosts, I don't remember his co-host's it's, name right it's now. It's really good. Uh, my only gripe with the game is it's absolutely gorgeous and some of the areas look really neat, but when you're in like the main facility of the building, everything's kind of gray. And I it, and I'm like I gotta go to one of the other areas because I don't want to be looking at gray things anymore. But uh, but but overall, it's an excellent game. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, it they, they do some stuff where some the enemies are weird. Like I can't explain what the enemies are. They're like people that are possessed, and like they come running at you, twitching, and like some of them don't look like they're really there. Like and the things they do, it's just. There's a reason why this game is so graphics intensive. 
I've heard that with the because the the basic premise is that you've woken up in some sort of facility and that you have telekinesis, like you can control stuff with your mind, and that's something what, like that. that. And then you're, I mean, without getting into spoilers and stuff, but like you, so you can you can control things, which is the hence the name. Um, and I've just heard so many good things, but also how pretty it looks. Now people were playing it on on PC on beefy graphics, but I think that was back before the X. I th- honestly, I think I was listening to this the last time I was at the gym, which was eighteen months ago. So, like it, it's been long enough that the Xbox Series X hadn't come out. It was out on on the older generation of consoles. It was out probably two years ago. But it did not come to PC until about a year ago. Okay. Hmm. And one of the reasons why it took so long to get it to PC was they had some kind of contract where it had to be on console for a year or something like that. Right. Yeah. And even now they've ported it to both PS5 and the other one. And both of them say the game looks even better on the newer consoles. Cool. Than it did on the last generation. Yeah. Well, I mean, like my, my Xbox is more powerful than my PC. 100%. Like there's, I, my, my PC struggles with some of the games that I play sometimes. And, and the, the Xbox with the exception of this stutter thing, which again, I can't tell you whether it's game related half the time or whether it's TV related, uh, is just a real letdown. Um, yeah. but the fact that I have some games that work lead me to believe that, okay, it can't be my TV all the time. Cause my TV does this thing where it switches to game mode, which changes the way that the frame rates work, which is supposed to be a, a better frame rate and and response time for gaming uh which is the reason i bought the tv because the tv is okay for like film content if i'm watching a movie i'll still get some strobing here and there uh i can't remember the technical name for it but i did look it up at one point on some big sweeping like if you're looking at a, a cityscape and the camera pans around you'll see a little flickering it's not much but you'll see a little bit from time to time Right. Uh, usually with things like hard edges, like buildings, windows, glass panes, that kind of that stuff. If you're watching something like a nature documentary, like a BBC documentary, one, they look fantastic, especially if they're in Dolby Digital. But two, uh, you'll notice it a little bit, but you don't notice it as much on like panning over a forest because the trees are so organic looking. You don't necessarily see a lot of hard edges. Uh, it is there, yeah. though. Um, then when the camera stays still, everything looks amazing. Like if it's, a, if it's, a, if the camera's on a tripod and it's just a still shot of whatever wildlife you're looking at, it is breathtaking, really, really cool yeah. stuff in 4k. But yeah, so the TV has, has some limitations, um, in terms of frame rate. But I, again, like I, I haven't found the right game to say like, oh yes, this is what the Xbox can do. Or it's your games, not your TV. It's not, you know, I don't think it's the Xbox. The Xbox seems to work just fine. I wish my controllers were working just fine. Speaking of hardware, my biggest gripe is I live in a house with one major TV in the living room, and I now have a one-year-old that wants to watch My Little Pony, and and, and my wife wants to watch whatever else is on TV after the baby goes to bed. And so my console really de- my consoles don't get used anymore. Um, I spend more time sitting in front of my laptop on the couch, and even my laptop is now like four or five years old, and it's pushing its limits and i i and i have my desktop downstairs is like seven years old and i need to i need to build a new lap build build a new desktop but with the chip shortage right now and the prices of video cards building a new gaming pc is just not feasible it's 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 so outrageously over over overpriced like i know what it should cost and what I want to build should cost like $1,300. And then when I do the math and I look up the parts online because of the chip shortage, it's like $2,300. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not spending that money. No. And I don't know if you've heard about it, but I've got a new obsession now. I'm getting a Steam Deck. So a Steam Deck is conveniently or inconveniently very close to the name of a stream deck, which is a very yep. different thing. And they came out and they and El Gato announced a new stream deck the same day Steam announced the Steam Deck. Ugh. I wish sometimes companies would just <laughs> just think about what they're releasing and what they're calling things. But a Steam Deck is it's like Valve's answer to the Nintendo Switch, right? Yes. And there's a lot of people that are poo-pooing it because the screen doesn't run at 1080p, but it's also a seven-inch screen. Who needs a seven-inch screen at 1080p? 
Um, it runs at 80p. That's pretty close to... Anyway, uh, and the, people are looking at the hardware, and the best hardware example is it's not running like an Xbox Series X. It's almost the equivalent of an Xbox Series S in a handheld. Wow. Uh, it's got 16 gigabytes of RAM that is shared between video and the CPU. And um, it's running on one of AMD's newer chipsets. Uh, and people have had it in on, people have had demos of it and they're playing control, which I just explained is really intensive. They're playing it on medium settings and it runs at 60 frames a second on a handheld. It's kind of crazy. Um, and so like three weeks ago, they went on sale. Uh, they, you had to, it, it, and they're doing it very differently than the consoles have done it in the past. You have to have a Steam account. Um, and to pre-order it the first day, you had to have an active stream, a Steam account. You had to have um, used your Steam account to buy a game in the last two months. Interesting. And they said that that was for the, the, the and when this when you buy it, there's one per Steam account. That that way they can do away with the scalpers. Right. And you have to put five dollars down on it, and the five dollars is non-refundable. Uh, they'll give it if you decide not to buy it. They'll give it back to you in gift card credit with Steam, but they're not giving you your card back, your cash back on your card. Right. Well, I mean, the, the people buying this one probably already have a stream, uh, a Steam account, uh, and yeah. two would be able to spend five bucks on something. Right. And on top of that, the day it went on sale, um, I literally knew what they said at at one o'clock on. Thursday it was going to go on sale. I literally had the page loaded on my laptop so that because I'm working from home now and I was like I just got to push the button, click the thing. It's all Steam already has all my account information and already has my credit card information. All I got to do is push a button and I literally got in in like probably under 5 minutes and made the purchase. Nice. And so when it, I got my thing it said yours will be shipped to you in December. Uh my best friend wanted one as well. He went through the whole process in it, on his lunch break and tried to do it on his phone, and it was a disaster. It didn't work. And so he had to wait till he got home, and he's getting his uh, in, like, February or March. Wow. So obviously pretty popular. And, I mean, and it's going to play, like, top-end games. Like, it's, it's, it's a handheld. It's supposed but, to play everything. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's going to be able to play things that are released on on Steam, really. Like, I mean, if it's if it's something that's on Steam that's, it doesn't exceed the hardware, which I can't imagine. They're saying would. that they're saying that every game in your Steam library will be playable, and it's not running Windows; it's running Linux. Interesting. It it's got its own operating system. It's Steam OS, it, which is running on Linux, and there is a Linux project called Proton, and Proton was specifically designed so that Windows software will run on Linux. And they've worked with the team designing Proton, and they said as of right now, it runs about eighty-five to ninety percent of everyone's Steam library, and that by launch they're hoping it will be a hundred percent. And this is great for people that want a handheld solution because I I've seen the uh, Switch. I've played uh, on the Switch at my sister's place, and it's fun. Uh, but for the price that you pay for a switch and for what it does in terms of graphics and stuff, like I, I can't really say that it's, I'd be willing to spend that, especially cause it would be my second console, you know, but right. for a handheld solution, I mean, well, I've got actually other options. Like I've got, um, Xbox game cloud, which is part of is no yeah. X cloud. Sorry. X cloud yeah. is part of my subscription, which means that on my 13 inch iPad pro, if I had a controller that would work with it, um, or if it's 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 an on-screen controls, if I had them uh, for the game, then I can play all kinds of stuff. Like I can basically just play anything. And honestly, I've been trying to find a game that would be good to play on my PC, where my PC might not be able to handle the specs, because I could, if it's on uh, XCloud, and most games on Xbox Game Pass are on XCloud, I could say yeah. play Control on my PC and 
have it be like full settings. Like just play it as beautiful as it can be, but don't play it on my PC. Pay, play it via the xCloud and have yeah. just the internet connection. Because I mean, I'm hardwired into 100 megabits symmetrical, which should be plenty for, for xCloud. Um, right. Yeah. So I, it's there are options, but like in terms of a hardware handheld, there this is i mean your options right now as far as being a hardcore gamer are the steam deck and the the switch and like i said i've been in the market for for uh, building a new pc I, I like i said i do almost all of my gaming from the couch with a gaming laptop this thing is going to basically be my gaming console sitting on the couch now when it comes in december and unlike the two thousand dollar pc i wanted to build because of the hard chip shortage this thing's 600 bucks for the best one yeah there's three models the cheap one is 400 and the most expensive one is 600. for anybody in canada it starts at 500 and goes up to 819 for yeah 64 256 and 512. uh 256 is 659 but that's just the exchange rate unfortunately everything is more expensive in and, canada and it should be said too that the, the uh the versions are, are that most of the hardware in each of the versions is different but the the hard drives are not just larger in the the units they're actually faster the with the with, when you go up a unit right yeah i see that here in the bullet points on the website and the and the best unit also comes with an anti-glare screen and it has a dock too uh the, the dock is not going to be available at launch it's something they're going to sell uh, like a month or two later and it's not supposed to be expensive. It's supposed to be like under 50 bucks. Um, but you can connect it to your TV. And so if you want to put it there, you can pl put it, plug it into your TV and plug a controller into it. And boom, you're playing games on your TV. That will give the Switch a run for its money for the people that... Yeah are not a family of gamers, you know, are, are wanting more graphic intensive things, you know, on their, on their yep. handheld experience. Or in, in just in general, one of my biggest gripes is I, I have a switch and I love my switch, but my gripe is I only buy games that are made by Nintendo for it because anything that's third party I'll buy on steam yeah. or I'll get it on sale yeah. somewhere else. And anything I want to buy for my Nintendo Switch, Switch price, Switch games never go down in price. Breath of the Wild has been on Switch since launch. It's still a fifty to sixty dollar game if you walk into a store tomorrow to buy it. It never goes on sale. The most you're gonna get it is forty bucks. Do you um do you like dungeon crawlers? I do. The final release for the current storyline on Minecraft Dungeons is out. And you yep. can buy a bundle now, which is the base game and all of the DLC. I think it's 40 bucks. Uh, yep. And I think it's the same across all the platforms because it's released on Switch as well. So if you're interested, that might be an avenue to get to get into Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, we talked about it on the, on the Spawn Chunks a, a couple of weeks ago. And when we broke it down, the amount of content in the base game is is okay for the price. But when you start right. to look at... The combination of the they call it the ultimate edition which has all the dlc and stuff in it but when you look at that content for the fact that it is a 40 dollar purchase compared to most 60 or 80 dollar you know yeah, games out there it's really interesting it's like it's, it's a lot of content and it's something that you can continue to play like there's daily challenges there's seasonal things that they keep on rolling out so it's not like the dlc currently is the ceiling they're going to continue to, to release dlc and even then when the dlc is released day and day and date it's like six bucks or something canadian so like it's not a lot a lot it's a great way of continuing a game yeah they don't need to keep making a new game they just need to keep making dlc for this game and it's not like minecraft is super graphics intensive even minecraft dungeons you know what i mean they they, they they don't have to design from the ground up every time. They could just keep making more more levels, more expansions, more yeah, other things. Yeah, I mean, Minecraft Dungeons doesn't look anything like Minecraft. It's it's very different in terms of it. looks a lot more like a 2021 game uh, in terms yeah. of the graphics. I mean, it's still QB in terms of its design aesthetic, but the lighting and the, the effects and things and all the uh, action that happens yeah. on screen is, yeah. is up to date. It doesn't look like voxel graphics from Minecraft from years ago. Um, right. But 
The other thing that I'm looking forward to, which I think it's either the 18th or the 13th. I'm actually hoping it's the 13th because that's this weekend. But uh, Hades is coming to Xbox Game Pass. And I've already got it like pre-installed, whatever that means. <laughs> on uh, That means on my it's Xbox. installed. They just won't let you access it till it gets the the, the go ahead from the Microsoft. go ahead ah, hey that's fine because i because uh, i've done that before where like i've gone to play something and then realized oh i didn't look to see how big this was before They're like i'll play this tonight and then i'm stuck stuck watching it download for th 30 minutes i'm just then i go play something else and then i'm done and i go to bed um but uh yeah i've heard lots of good things about hades and i and i think the xbox series x is going to be the place for me to experience that if, um, if nothing else i think you'll appreciate the art style and the yes. voice acting yeah and i if it's got cross saves, I could potentially stream some of it too. Um, that was the biggest downer uh, last week about talking about the Outer Worlds is that there's no cross saves with it. So like if I do decide to share it on stream, I I have to start over again. I know that um, on Steam it has cross save. Right. I would not be playing it on Steam because I... I oh, I know. I'm I just saying yeah. in general... I'm saying in general, it has that functionality with Steam. So I'm a get, I would assume that with Xbox, it probably does too. I know we have to move on, but I just remembered the name of that game I was thinking about, which is Octopath Traveler, uh, which is also on the Switch, if people are interested. That's the pixel um, JRPG type thing that I was looking at. Oh, yeah, I, I, I have that. Yeah, yeah. It's different. I've not played anything like it before, but it's like as interesting as it was to experience that type of game i just felt like i was wasting my xbox resources on I, it if that I, makes any I, sense i i love its art style and i think it's a, a very unique and pretty looking game but after i played it for about eight hours and i realized i hadn't gotten anywhere i was like man it, it's a bit of slow a slow burn in this yeah it's a slow burn it is a slow burn but i have a friend who i have a friend who absolutely loves that game and i'm like dude i like it i don't love it yeah <laughs> and see this is the kind of thing that I, it was the right time for me to play it the other night when i couldn't sleep at like 11 30 and i was like i just need something to just i don't need to have reflexes of a cat like i just want to click through something and have something to stimulate my brain for a little bit while i'm not you know while i'm bored staring at my ceiling and so that was the right answer for that. I would not have wanted to try to play like a first person shooter or a fighting game or something because I would just get yeah. frustrated and just have my butt handed to me all the time. Um, yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll leave it on there for now. Like I, I tend to leave things on the Xbox for about a month. And if I don't pick them up in a month, I'll either uninstall them or I'll wait until I need to make room on the Xbox for something else. And then I'll, you know, I'll remove them then. Uh, sometimes things just leave. Like I, I played Don't Starve. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was interesting and cool for a bit. Uh, but it's now leaving the um, the Xbox Game Pass platform. So that, well, I'm not going to put a lot more time into it because it's just not going to be there anyway. So I experienced yeah. it. I can now talk about it. It's it's one of the things that I have been really enjoying about the time on the Xbox is that I can now talk about some games that people in my circles have experienced and talk about often, especially if they say, oh, yeah. you know, we'll be talking about something that I play like Minecraft, Minecraft Dungeons, uh, No Man's Sky, something like that. And then someone say, oh, it'll, it's like this game or it's like that game. And now I can say, oh, I've played a little bit of Destiny 2. I've played a little bit of Don't Starve. Like I can kind of relate to that kind of stuff, which is nice. Yeah, it's the problem I run into. I own too many games. Uh, bundles and sales are and are, are, are a thing that kills me. Uh, my, my Steam library now has over 1,800 games. You have a problem. Yes, I do. <laughs> They have a thing on the Steam database where if you put in your username, it'll give you an an estimate of how much you how much your the value of your account is based on every sale that if you ever ever bought the game, the lowest price it's ever been on sale on Steam uh -oh. and the maximum price of what it is. And whenever I do it, I want to cry. Yeah, I can I can see that. That's the kind of thing where like you don't do. It's like Minecraft. It's like there's a stat that'll tell you how many real world hours you've put into the game. Don't do it. Don't nope. do it. Don't, don't look at don't, it. Just don't to, don't no. ever do it. Are you having fun? Nope. Good. Then just keep on having fun. Do not worry yes. about the amount of time that you've put into it. Now, I say all of that. And if I also took stock and had some sort of tracking system to let you know exactly how many work hours I've put in as an entrepreneur over the last 15 years, I would also probably cry. So don't, don't let, don't let me uh, fool you into thinking that I goof off all the time on Minecraft. There's a lot of work that I do as well. Um, but that kind of stuff, like those kind of statistics are just, you just don't need to know. Are you yeah. happy? Are you enjoying your downtime? Good. <laughs> yes. Continue to do so. We all need it. Um, speaking of downtime, what have you been watching in yours? 
Well, Friday, uh, the new Suicide Squad movie hit HBO Max. And uh, I signed up for HBO Max specifically just to watch this. I'll probably cancel it at the end of the month. If I wanted to see this movie, it was kind of my only option. And uh, I got to say, if you didn't like the other one, don't worry about it. Forget it even happened. This one acts like it didn't even happen and it's better. So the other one, you mean the one that has Will Smith as Deadshot, yes. right? I didn't, yeah. I didn't hate that one. I wasn't in love with it, but I remember liking it better than Batman v Superman. Uh this is um this is a very i want i don't want to say it's a very different kind of film uh but this is a james gunn movie so if you like guardians this has a very guardians vibe to it okay so maybe more like um not suicide squad what's the other crew from dc it was a netflix spinoff um it just um, got renewed uh, the, the uh, doom patrol doom patrol yeah it has a doom patrol vibe it has a very much a Doom Patrol vibe. Okay. And 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 being James Gunn and it being the Suicide Squad, uh, in interviews he said that under contract, uh, DC told him he could kill anybody he wanted as long as it wasn't Harley Quinn because they want to do more movies with her. And right. he said, fine. And uh, he kills a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. Like, even some characters that you're like, no, he won't kill. Nope, they're dead. And you're like, Wow. Okay. It's nice sometimes when, when a film has guts like that, like when it, yeah. you, you want to go out in a blaze of glory. And it's probably also nice for some of the people that are on board for the film because like, well, if it's tanks, I know I'm not on board for three sequels, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm going to hate my yeah. life later on. And some of the casting was really surprising. Um, they brought they brought in King Shark, who looks absolutely amazing. And... Uh, he is voiced by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes the Vin Diesel casting as Groot feel feel yes. underwhelming, right? Yes. And 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 when he gets introduced, they 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 they're, they're being told they have to bring him along and uh, Idris Elba looks and goes, "What the hell is it?" And they go, "It might be a shark god, it might be a guy. We really don't know what it is." And he looks at his hand and he goes, hand. And the guy, Idris Elba's like, oh boy. <laughs> All right. And and so it's literally like this shark thing that follows them around and they have to be like, no, don't eat people. And he goes, friend. And they're like, yes, friend, don't eat him. And he's like, okay. And it's, and it's it, it is totally Sylvester Stallone's voice doing this. And it's, you can't help but like smirk every time he talks. Oh man, I can imagine, especially because like Stallone has such a recognizable voice. Uh, yes, especially now that he's older, he's got a very specific cadence. I think. Yes, um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. They have a scene. It's in the it's in the trailer where they're trying to rescue somebody, and he can't be part of it because he stands out. So he's like sitting on the bus that they're all riding around in, and. And 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 flag is like, are you ready? And and the other guy's like, yeah, I got my shot lined up. Yeah, I, and the other guy's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. The, the other guy's like, I'm at the other door. Okay. And then all of a sudden, King Shark tunes in and goes, bird. <laughs> and, then, and flag's like, get off the radio. <laughs> and like the whole movie is full of that. Like they do serious stuff, but for every serious thing they do, there's a scene where they take a step back. Like I said. They kill a lot of people. And there's a lot of celebrities in this. Like uh, Pete Davidson from Saturday in it. He lives all of like 10 minutes. And I was like, of course he did. They needed to kill him off fast. And like... Spoilers, people, the, for, <laughs> for anybody wanting to watch it. Well, he's not really in any of the marketing, except that they say he's in the movie. Right. So I kind of had a funny feeling he wasn't going to make it very long. Right. More like a cameo than the actual Yeah, there's cameo. a lot of cameos. Yeah. Um, the only thing about the movie that's a little weird is at one point, Harley gets separated from the rest of the team and they do like this weird, I, I don't want to say it doesn't fit with the movie, it does, but they do like this weird side story with her that lasts like 20 minutes. And it's not that it's not enjoyable, it's probably one of my favorite moments of the movie. And then... It just kind of ends and she joins the rest of the group and we go back to the movie and you're like, 
I'm not gonna say that wasn't fun. It just was kind of out of place. I've seen a little bit in trailers and stuff like that, but I really haven't been paying that close of attention. And most of the time it's been the male characters that I've seen featured. Is it still Margot Robbie playing? Yes. Oh, nice. Cool. I like her as Harley Quinn a lot. And I will say there is a stunt that she does in this this portion of the movie. Um, I won't spoil. I don't know if I can call it a spoiler, but she's tied up and somebody's going to torture her and she escapes. It is not a stunt double. She did all of the stunt herself. Cool. And when you see it, and I've now explained it to you, you're going to go, bullshit. <laughs> That's great. It's it's really cool when you can have actors do that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I, yeah. I like, I like that kind of authenticity. And I imagine there's probably a fair amount of stunts that John Cena is able to do <laughs> because he was a it, former it, he's wrestler. An, he's another highlight of the movie. Mm. He's a, I like him a lot. He's a he's a funny dude when he wants to be. He is the anti-Captain America, Captain America of the movie. Okay. <laughs> so his whole shtick is he runs around and his name is the Peacemaker and he will do whatever it is to make America great again. And and Idris Elba and him are having an argument, and he's like, "My bullets are bigger than yours. I can kill you." And and Idris Elba's like, "Bullet size doesn't matter, dude." And he's like, "I'm more patriotic than you. If this beach was covered in private parts, and I was told I had to eat them to make America better, I would." And Idris Elba's like, "That's nice. Can we just move on?" <laughs> and like, like there's these these moments where his character just says these ridiculous things, and you're like. I can't believe somebody just said that. Okay, we're moving on. I don't have access at the moment, but if I ever do get back on to HBO, um, usually through Crave, or if I do the Crave subscription here in Canada for things like uh, Star Trek Picard or the new stuff when it comes out, I tend to just spring for the extra 10 bucks for the month and then try to get in on the back catalog of like Westworld or, you know, I'll probably check out some movies like this. And I actually still haven't seen the Emancipation of Harley Quinn. I haven't seen that one either. I heard that's good. I'm not going to tell you it's in a, it's a perfect movie. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And she's she's the highlight of it. And it's really fun to see uh, uh, Ewan McGregor as a very flamboyant villain. Like, he is, like, in suits and, like, dancing and shooting people. And you're like, this is a very interesting role for 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 him specifically. I enjoy the movie. I'm not going to tell you it's amazing. It's probably one of the better Warner Brothers DC movies. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of that lays at the feet of Marco Robbie, just because I enjoy her in most things that I've seen her in. And, yeah. uh, and certainly have enjoyed her as, as Harley Quinn in um, the first Suicide Squad movie. Um, but yeah, I uh, and I think we've talked about the emancipation of Harley Quinn on the show. I think you brought it up at some point. Yeah, I I, I, I own it. So I probably talked about it when I bought it. <laughs> well, going into the nostalgia realm again, uh, perhaps mistakenly, I have been watching Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom, uh, technically the trilogy uh, on Netflix. It's part of an original Netflix anime series. It's CG anime. And uh, it started off with... Um, a storyline on Cybertron in season one, a storyline in space in season two. And now uh, at the end of season two, slight spoiler, both the Ark and the Nemesis, which are the iconic ships of the Decepticons and the Autobots from the original series in the 80s, uh, were careening, crash landing towards Earth. And that's how the last series ended. Uh, So this series starts with the actual crash landing and everybody kind of dusting themselves off and seeing what's going on. Uh, I have watched both the first and the second episode. Uh, I just watched the second over breakfast this morning. It is not a great start. I have had good things to say about the series in the past, and uh, it's different. It's it's not uh, the same as most other Transformers cartoons that you've seen. If anything, it's a lot closer to the Cybertron video games, which I really liked. Yeah, I really like those games. I tried to get into the first season of this, and I think I made it like three episodes, and it felt like it was almost following that video game beat for beat. And I was like, I don't know if I can sit through 10 episodes of of something that's following a video game I've already played. 
Well, they deviate, and I'll give you a heads up that they're all miniseries. So each season only has like six episodes, I think. Okay. Uh, max eight, but definitely six, I, I remember, I think is season two. Um, they, the thing that they do right in the first season, which I will agree with you, takes three episodes to get going, uh, is the political stance. It's the internal strife on Cybertron between the factions of the Decepticons mm-hmm. and the Autobots. And I don't even know if they go as far as to call them that. It's just, you know, one side disagreeing about how the future of Cybertron should should go versus the other. And a lot of yeah. it mirroring our own planet because they're dealing with an ecological crisis as much as you can on a planet that's entirely um, electronic. I mean, it's an energy crisis, essentially. And and the political stance. And the thing that I liked so much about it, to, to put a really good positive spin on what I'm about to say, is that uh, the first season for sure the second season was what kept me going even though i started to see some holes in it the character development of megatron specifically is really really interesting in the 80s megatron is basically just your purple and black bad guy maniacal cackling like he's just evil everything he says is basically for his own gain and it's all just like kill the good guys in this it's it's the same he has all the evil intentions he will do anything anything immoral he can but it's all in the name of saving cybertron and you get the psychology behind his madness like you really understand you don't necessarily empathize with him but you can certainly see why he feels the way that he feels right and and his emotional and and almost theological motivation for for what he's doing it's a way more interesting look at megatron than it is any other main character including optimus prime uh, Optimus Prime in this just struggles almost constantly to be a leader. It's before he is a real leader. Uh, I think even in the first season, I think, I think it's um, not Omega Supreme. It's because um, the Omega Supremes are a different thing altogether. Um, Magnus, I think his name is Magnus. I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, Ultra Magnus. I think he's the leader at, at first, or at least one of them. So it's not that that uh, you're in this established kind of like combat between these two warring factions. The Autobots are still struggling to even be established. Yep. So it, yeah, they're, it, they're like rebels. Yeah. Yo, it's 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 got a really nice balance to it. Now, unfortunately, in season three, they've decided to instead of going to Earth and having the Autobot versus Decepticon thing take place. They've decided to bring in the Beast Wars characters. So you've got Optimus Primal, who's a gorilla. You've got the Predacon Megatron, who's a T-Rex in bright purple. Like, it it really is a detachment from the very blocky, very cool-looking CG uh, bang-on character notes that they had with the original by the end, by the end of season two, or even halfway through season two, you've got Wheeljack, Bumblebee, Mirage. Like you've got classic Transformer characters yep. that look cool. They're not Earth vehicles, but they're like the Cybertronian version of of what yes. they can do. It's very cool, very inventive. Uh, a lot of Superman moments for Optimus Prime coming in at the last minute to save the day. Like it has some really good beats. This bringing in the Maximals uh, and the Predacons. It really feels odd. Uh, the way that they yeah, explain- that would that would take me out of it. It takes you out of it. Plus, in the original Beast Wars series, they did the same thing, but in reverse. It was like season three or four of Beast Wars, where they actually found the Ark and they found Optimus Prime, and Megatron found Megatron. It's how um, Optimus Primal and and Megatron in the Beast Wars segments got transformed into bigger versions of themselves. Op- uh, Megatron becomes a dragon instead of a T-Rex and Optimus Mm -hmm. Primal becomes, I can't remember his full name, but he becomes like a mechanical ape and much larger because he bonds with the matrix that, that Optimus Prime had. And when they find the Transformers in the Beast Wars cartoons, true to scale, Optimus Primal is an ape and he's the size of an ape. And Optimus Prime is a Mack truck and is the size of a Mack truck. And so in this, unfortunately... They're the same height. Megatron, Predacon Megatron is taller than Cybertron Megatron. It makes no sense whatsoever. And 
weird. It, yeah, and it really throws a wrench in things. So basically, they get into a time travel thing. So the the reason why they're on Earth is because at the end of the space adventure in season two, uh, Decepticons and Autobots uh, get into a space fight, and they end up going through a defunct or a broken space bridge. So think wormhole. And as a result, they've also time traveled. So they've time right. traveled to the future without them knowing uh, because they're on a completely different planet. So they crash land on Earth in the future, uh, which is still our past as humans because there's dinosaurs around. But it's, well, not as humans. We're not even around. But in, in, in it's in the future as far as the Cybertron history is concerned. And so they're talking with these beast um, more characters, which are, are um, Predacons and Maximals. And they're essentially the descendants of the Decepticons and the Autobots. And mm -hmm. uh, the weirdest thing and most, I would say, detached decision from either original series, the Beast Wars or the Transformers happens, where the Decepticons and the Predacons get along like peas and carrots. Like they are best buds, despite the yeah. fact that they're both evil, egomaniacal, crazy people. Both Megatrons, right. which for starters is just annoying that they have the same name. They even address it in the show. Megatron orders Predacon Megatron to change his name. It's like just it's annoying. Mess off. Um, but then the Maximals and the Autobots are constantly fighting. And it's all the Maximals' fault. The Autobots are like, we are trying to save Cybertron. We are trying to do the right thing. And the Maximals are just like, don't believe you, not listen to you. La, 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 la. It is infuriating. It's the worst writing ever. Uh, the conversations go in circles, which is a pet peeve of mine in shows. And I'm having a really hard time. And if it wasn't for, again, still maintaining that through line of the inner psyche of Megatron and, and how it's going... I would not be watching. Uh, I really almost tuned out for episode one. I decided to watch episode two for the show today because I just, I really wanted something to talk about and and I've been so busy lately and I just, I had this little window of a half an hour to watch it. So it's accessible in that way. It's a half an hour show. Um, the plot moving forward, there's a golden disc. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, they don't really mention it. Um, but in the last season, Galvatron shows up and tries to give it to Megatron again through time travel and that fails. But yep. Predacon Megatron from the future has it and gives it to present day Cybertron Megatron. And what's on the disc is all of Megatron's recorded battles, victories, failures, defeats, etc. from the future. So current Megatron basically has a blueprint for oh. how to find the Allspark, how to defeat the Autobots. Like he knows where he screws up, where he fails, and how to achieve victory. And... It, like it's it's an interesting premise especially in the second episode of the series where there's still another four to go uh right so i'm not really sure how it's all gonna work out at the end of the second episode the maximals and autobots seem to at least not be shooting at each other anymore but there's a lot of lying going on by optimus primal and optimus prime optimus primal it doesn't matter which version of optimus you're talking about these are supposed to be the boy scouts of the uh of the transformer universe this is the captain america the superman like these are the 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 main they always like, do the right thing no matter what the cost this is the moral compass right and so yeah. the fact that optimus primal put these new autobots in jeopardy despite the fact that clearly in the timeline they are your ancestors and any harm coming to them is potentially disastrous in the way that they address time in this series it's it's just it lacks forethought it lacks any kind of character observations that the, the people writing the show have done in the past so i would have much preferred to just see these two characters that we've established over the last two seasons figure out how to find the allspark on earth over the course of five or six episodes rather than dealing with these maximals and and predacons because they're all sort of just uh, poor carbon copies of one another like uh, Dinobot and Black Arachnia kind of embody the same sort of betrayal that Starscream does. Uh, the um, Rhinox, I think, is one of the main characters. He's basically just a big, smart guy that fixes stuff. That's Wheeljack. Like, we don't need more of these archetypes. Like, 
it worked. Right. Beast Wars worked on its own because it kind of harkened back to some of these archetypes and brought them forward into a different kind of cool idea. And that's fine. I'm not saying that Beast Wars is bad. It was great. I watched it when I was in university. But this just seems to be a pale comparison and it's not doing this current series any favors by trying to bring these these iconic characters from Beast Wars forward. And the worst part of it all is the voice acting on all oh, of the no. new characters. Everybody's fine. Uh, I, I warmed up to Optimus Prime over the series. It's different. I mean, it's not Peter Cullen. Um, and, and Frank Welker doesn't do Megatron either. Um, but Megatron's a good voice actor. Uh, um, the, the, uh, the Optimus Prime is a good voice actor. It's the wishy-washy casting. So I don't really want to say gotcha. that the voice actors are not great. I'm sure they're great actors in their own right. But I really feel like the combination of the writing and the very poor casting for Megatron from the Predacons and Optimus Primal from the, the Maximals, it's awful. Like they're whisper actors... Like, even when they're screaming, they're kind of whisper screaming. Like, I've had to turn my fan off to hear Optimus Prime. You were talking about, sorry, Optimus Primal. You are talking about a military general, a political leader, certainly the moral leader of the, of the crew, and, and supposed to be the chest-thumping hero. You should be able right. to hear what they say. And when they're mad, if they get mad, there should be some sort of authority. And they have none of it. Megatron, if I'm not sure if you remember kind of the idiosyncrasies of Megatron from Beast Wars, but he had a really deep voice and he almost talked to himself. Like he would end a lot of sentences with yes, you know, uh, it's like, we are going to destroy you. Yes. Like he's just, he had that kind of like weird, you know, kind of like yes. mustache twirling kind of uh, evil sense to him. And this Megatron for the Predacons, He's just this soft-spoken lackey. It makes no sense whatsoever. He's not threatening in the least. Um, so they've got that part wrong. And it's really hard to watch. I, I have very similar feelings whenever I'm watching Optimus Primal or Predacon Megatron on screen as I did watching He-Man Revelation uh, two weeks ago. Like it's, ju it's just really missing the mark. There are other things that are neat. Character designs are cool. Uh, Air Razor looks great. Like I have a lot of the Beast Wars toys somewhere in a closet. And some of the the, the designs that they did for Rat Trap and, and and other characters are neat. Like they they did a neat job. Uh, I still prefer the way that they're handling the original Transformers with the really cool boxy look that the video game had for War for Cybertron. Um, right. But that alone can't carry the series. Uh, I'll probably finish it because again, it's a short departure. It's not a big thing. And I've watched it this far. And I'd like to kind of see where they kind of tie it in. There was a huge nod in, I, I can't, I don't know whether it was a, a dream or whether it was a sequence that we were meant to see what happened, but there was an encounter with, um, Unicron. And that was right. really cool because that's a nod to the Transformers film from the eighties. Yeah. Which I watch, I watch on a yearly basis. It's been a long time. I need. I actually need to check to see if there's like a 4K version of that that's been like there stand is. up. Oh man, yeah. No, I need. I need to watch that. I have it on Vudu. So, uh, whenever I get bored and 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 the baby wants something to watch, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put on Transformers. And Erica walks into the living room and goes, "Oh, we're watching that again, huh?" And I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, here's the thing. People wonder why we watch these old films, why we return to things like the Marvel films that we like, why we return to things like Star Wars is because all the new stuff that they make sucks. Like, and I don't, uh -huh. I, I, that's a gross generalization. I know there's new stuff that's cool, but anytime they try to remake or move any of these ser series forward, most of the people that experience the originals don't like them because the people running them are, they're too... The stars in their eyes are dollar signs because they're looking at an established IP that has an established toy line and they're looking to just get more out of this and they're trying to squeeze blood from a rock. When instead, if they just gave it to somebody that really appreciated the original and, and yes. really wanted to move things forward in a cool way or retell it in an interesting way like I don't mind going back and watching old Transformers cartoons and old movies even though I know how it ends because it's just a good story. And I feel like right. if you just, you could retell them for a new, a new age. Like I understand that sometimes like kids these days, big giant quotes won't want to go back and watch a traditionally animated 
Transformers cartoons because like it, it's not going to be as cool looking as some of the CG stuff that comes out today. And you can do some really neat stuff with CG. And it would be nice to have something uh, that would be that good. Like, can you imagine the draw if it was really, really well made by a, a company like, say, DreamWorks or Pixar or Disney, and it was a brand new Transformers film with all the budget that a normal, you know, Disney Pixar thing would have. Like, it would look phenomenal. It would be amazing. I mean, I, just thinking back in the day, the, the the amount of money they put into making that original Transformers animated movie, that was a step above what the show that we got as a kid was. Oh, yeah, you know for what sure. I mean? mm-hmm. so, uh, They would spend that kind of money now, and it would be something uh, uh, very, very different. So, yeah, I mean, I recommend the series. I, I've been enjoying it so far, um, but just know that there are definitely some shortcomings for kingdom the third installment i think it's the final installment because they call it a trilogy um i think it is the last one i think when this is over i think it's supposed to be over but i wouldn't be surprised if they bring it back on a regular basis with a new season doing something different and this is just the trilogy arc yeah the thing about these kind of miniseries is it's nice that it's not going to get canceled like you're not going to get it it, like netflix would have purchased all three of them at the same time right and just just releasing them in a certain sequence uh, the other thing is that you don't get any filler episodes never in, well, I shouldn't say never, maybe a little bit in season two, but, but n- certainly not in the first season. Was there anything where it's like, and now we're going to follow this side character on a story that doesn't matter for a half an hour does not happen. Like everything is moving the main plot forward. There's no episodic storylines. That's excellent. Cause it, even some more recent Netflix shows where, you know, they've only got 12 episodes. They'll waste like two episodes on something that's like a character they're going to kill the next episode. And I'm like, why did we waste all this backstory on this person that we're just going to have die in a few minutes? It didn't really make the, I don't, it's the, you didn't make me like them any more than I did or hate, the, hate them any more than I did. So it doesn't make me care about them anymore. You're going to just kill them anyway. Just kill them and we'll move on. So that's it for me for, for the show. Like I recommend it. I, I'd like to see what you think of it if you decide to finish the first season, especially because you like the original Transformers film so much. Like give this first season a chance and see if you want to stick through it. Um, there's definitely some funny Easter eggs in season two as well. Definitely going to be something that if I watch it, I'll probably have Violet with me while I watch it because she just loves anything that's animated at this point. So <laughs> It's pretty violent, just F- FYI. Even though it's robots, there's a lot of shooting and a lot of dying. I won't lie and say I haven't had her watch things that she really probably shouldn't watch. <laughs> well, moving on into the Internet Minute, which is, of course, brought to you by you. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member-only Discord server. There are multiple levels to choose from and have wor- rewards attached to them like bonus audio and extra roles in the Discord. The Discord is actually shared with uh, my other personal Patreon and my Twitch channel. So there's lots of folks to hang out with. Patreon count is at 24. Currently check that this morning. Steady on from last week. Our goal each month is to have at least one more patron than the month before. If you would like to be number 25, visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Speaking of cool 80s vibes, my pick this week is Stranger Things Season 4, the teaser trailer. Uh, it was released the other day, uh, just a 30-second hype trailer, but it reminded me just how much I'm looking forward to the show's return. Season 4 is coming to Netflix in 2022. No precise date given. That's good. I don't want them to rush this. I've seen too many things rushed by Netflix in the last six months. Just take your time. I will wait. I don't care if it's Halloween 2022. Just do yep. it right. Have the fans go bananas for it. Uh, I will probably have to binge watch it because I don't want any spoilers, but I just, I really like Stranger Things. Is I can't remember. I can't remember. Is this the planned last season or is there one more after this? I know that, I know that the, they, they've, they've finited that there's only going to be another season or two. I just can't remember if this is the last season or not. I don't remember, but I feel like season four sounds like it was supposed to be the last season. And okay. if they've not given a release date for it, then they might be just making sure that they get this ending right. Uh, yeah. I decisively did not look into it because I just, I'd rather go into this blind. Uh, I'd yeah. rather just kind of go experience it. I always like stranger things. I always, I have criticisms, obviously everybody does, but, uh, I, I really enjoyed the last season and I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. 
if you like Stranger Things, I am going to make a recommendation. I won't go depth into detail. If you like Stranger Things, check out Fear Street on Netflix. It's almost the entire entirely same production team. Even has one or two of the kids from Stranger Things in it for cameos. And the woman who directed it is one of the brothers uh, who made Stranger Things. It's his wife. Oh, neat. Um, it's horror. Well, so is Stranger Things. But it, but it's horror, but it's done in a very Stranger Things vibe. Um, lots of twists and turns. Uh, it's weird because it starts out in 94 and then goes to the next movie goes to 76, I think it is. And then the last movie takes place in 1666. Uh, so... It, it, it it's very unique it's very entertaining uh erica and i watched it i watched it first alone and then she was like fine i'll watch it with you and by the end of the movie she was like all in so by the end of the third movie she was all in so if you like stranger things that's definitely something i would say put on your put on your your watch list well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that Lou and I talked about this week on thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com or find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. Just tell a friend about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can check out my other podcast all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. We just celebrated three years on that show. And today I will point you towards twitch.tv slash joelduggan where I am streaming Minecraft and hopefully some new games in the near future. Come on over, check it out. It's a really fun time. Lou, where can people find you online? Easiest place to find me is under the name Busy Zombie Lord on all the social media that matters. And you can check out my show, The Zombies in My Podcast, where this week we're about to talk about a show on Netflix that we really didn't enjoy. You've been listening to The Sizzle Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two.